you know, the business owner that doesn't want to put their prices up on the customers because they're not sure how they're going to react because it is scary. Like, you know, these people come in every day. You're a part of their day. They come in, they get their coffee. They'll come and have breaky and they'll go on to their work life and you set them up for the day. And if you are nervous to put your prices up because you're worried that you're going to lose traffic, someone loses. Like there's no there's no winner here. <laughs> We've had an enormous response to the beginning of our week-long discussion on costs, pricing and the perception of value in hospitality. Please do keep the input coming. We love hearing from you. Be part of the conversation. Today, we are heading over to Adelaide to chat to Rose Adam, whose middle store cafe takes inspiration from her Lebanese heritage. Rose, I was drooling just now over the cake that you posted recently, that coffee and walnut cake with sour cream icing topped with crunchy caramel walnuts. I need that in my life. (laughs) Who doesn't? Who doesn't? (laughs) Uh, But welcome to Dirty Linen and thank you so much for being part of this important conversation. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm um, really thrilled that this conversation is happening. I think it's, um, you know, it's a really important one. It's not a part of the industry that we, I don't know, from my perspective, it's not a part of the uh, part of my business that I like to share with people in general. I think it kind of takes the, the mystery and the polish and the excitement of dining out, out a little bit of it. So I think it's nice though to have this conversation because it is in the media a little bit now and I think people need to hear our side of it. Um, equally so that they're a little bit more aware. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think you hit on something really important, you know, straight off the bat, um, this idea that the machinations of running a hospitality business should be hidden from the customer. And I think, you know, we've we've come a little way to revealing the workings with open kitchens, for example, where, but I guess we think that, cooking is romantic and it's energetic and it's that theatre and that show. But those other bits of the industry, I think there is definitely this idea that they should be hidden. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, the whole the whole idea of hospitality, the whole idea of the industry, for me anyway, is this whole romance of getting a little bit dressed up or doing something a little bit special, treating yourself to something that you wouldn't normally do and that's you know that's what we love about the industry is that you get to share that experience with people and I think when you start to open the back door and open back of house up a little bit and share with people really what goes on um, it can kind of take the shine off it a little bit you know you don't want people to feel guilty you don't want people to come to breakfast and feel like you know oh god I know really what happens you know back there I know how much this costs them I know how expensive this whole thing would have been and I don't, I don't want people thinking about that I just want people to come in enjoy the experience and go but I think it's hard when you um, aren't you know able to sort of you know when one side gets communicated and the other side doesn't I think it's is you know that that's what makes it hard because then you have to open that back door up a little bit and you have to welcome them into back a house a little bit and show them a little bit of the world that goes on and it's it's very it's a very complex world (laughs) (laughs) it is very complex so I mean what sort of I guess conversations have you found yourself having with your customers or what have you found them sort of looking askance and saying oh like why why am I why does that cost this now like what what's happening there at middle store I mean at the middle store we're really lucky we have a you know the middle store is a little bit different like cafes are different to restaurants you know restaurants you might get 
the same small handful of diners that come back repetitively, but for the most part, it's new people coming through to experience something different. Um, at a cafe, it's the exact opposite. You know, at, the, at a cafe, you get the same people for like 60, 70% of our customers are the same people who walk in every single day. Um, so we have a bigger relationship with them. We're able to talk about the things that are happening in the economy, things that are happening with politics and, you know, who's going in and what's happening with the cost of living and all that kind of stuff. So just over your daily coffee, we get to have those chats with people. And I think we're lucky because we've been able to talk about how much the cost of living has changed in the last two to three years. And it has changed dramatically in the last two to three years. And there's been so much um, pressure put on suppliers and the industry and consumers and and so on um so we've been we've been fortunate enough to be able to have that conversation with most of them so when it comes time or when it came time for us to do a price increase on our menu and we did it begrudgingly we didn't want to we weren't happy about it but you know, after the third price increase on eggs, um, it just got to a point where we were like, I can't wear this anymore. We have to put our prices up. And so most of our customers really encouraged it. They were like, it's about time. You know, you guys are the only ones that haven't done a price increase lately in the area. So we were lucky from that end. But then we did get a handful of people who just didn't come back. Um, You know, the prices went up and they went elsewhere. So, um, you know, or some of them, you know, I literally had a customer the other day turn down a bacon and egg roll you know, it was $15 for brioche barn, locally made by this gorgeous baker, um, local bacon, <laughs> free-range eggs, um, our own homemade chutney. Um, so much work goes into this bacon and egg roll. It's not just a simple bacon and egg roll. Um, and he complained just profusely about how expensive it was and bacon and egg roll shouldn't cost any more than eight dollars I can go to Macca's and get one for like six bucks and what the heck and I was like oh it's not McDonald's like it's a completely different it's a completely different thing so and I tried to explain all the nuances and things that were different but um it just didn't resonate so I think it's you know it's 50 50 we get some people who really struggle with the price increases but then we get a lot of people who are okay with it and they completely understand so but like I said, we're lucky because we get to actually have that conversation with people. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's so much in everything you've said, Rose. Like it's there's, it's just really juicy. Like it is such a juicy set of topics. It's not one topic. There's a lot in there um, because, I mean, you know, just the fact that you – you know, you were begrudgingly putting up the prices. Like you really tried to insulate your customers from reality as much as you could. And of course, that is the job of a cafe. The job of the cafe is that moment at a time where you're, you've got, you know, someone making you a coffee and it's, you know, you've got, you're stopping, you're taking that breath. So it is all about creating that, um, that, you know, that moment of sunshine in somebody's day. And so of course, like reality, like price of eggs, like you don't want to bring that in there, but then your customers are actually living in the real world. They know the eggs are getting more expensive and so, you know, they care about you and they understand so they want you to put your prices up. So that's an amazing example of communication and I think a trust and community and that's something that's so beautiful in in cafes. Um, But then you also think about, you know, that that owner that might not have the confidence in her community that they would ride through that change with them and then instead of um, putting up the price they will use cage eggs or they will use um, you know uh, they won't use free range bacon or they'll get the brioche from Aldi Um, no shade on Aldi but you know it won't be that artisan 
you know, baker down the road. Um, and, you know, that, of course, goes up the supply chain and then there's, um, yeah, we don't have as much demand for free-range eggs and then that's bad for the chickens. And it's so uh, there's just it, there's just a lot in it. And I suppose, you know, the ultimate sort of the simple thing that connects all of these complex questions is that, well, everything is connected. We are all connected. We are connected to land and water and air. Um, uh, and, you know, how one another feel about life. So it's, you know, it's big, this stuff. It is really oh, big. It's huge. Yeah. It's massive. And I think what you were sort of saying about the, the you know, the, business owner that doesn't want to put their prices up on the customers because they're not sure how they're going to react because it is scary. Like, you know, these people come in every day. You're a part of their day. They come in, they get their coffee, they'll come and have breakfast, and they'll go on to their work life and you set them up for the day. And if you are nervous to put your prices up because you're worried that you're going to lose traffic, it's not just the quality of the product that compromises. I know for a lot of us in the industry, especially in the cafe industry, it's the team that suffers because you'll cut their hours back because you can't afford... I'll just be like, well, maybe I won't give my casual girl who I'll normally give, you know, 16 hours a week to, I'll have to cut her back to 12 to be able to continue to afford to give people the stuff that I can give them at the price that I can give them. And nobody wants to do that. So someone loses, like there's no, there's no winner here. (laughs) Like someone loses in the end. And if it's cutting your team's hours back because you have to wear the brunt, then as an owner, you end up working more um, and they end up earning less, which is unfair. Nobody wants that. Um, or like you said, it just the quality of the produce is just not there. You have to start making compromises and you're going to lose people either way. Do you know what I mean? The, the service will suffer. The food will suffer. I don't know. Something's going to go downhill. Um, yeah, that, that can has to be kicked somewhere. That's Somewhere, yeah. And you just have to bite the bullet and do it. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And I, I think also, and I'm sure this is on your mind, it's like for some people, you know, that that coffee, that is a, a real treat for them. Like they actually do account for that in their budget. And, you know, for some people, you know, in a price, whatever it is, whether it's the, the coffee or whether it's the cake or whether it's a sandwich, you know, when it gets to a certain price, well, they actually can't afford it. And, um, you know, that's a reality as well, um, which I'm sure weighs on you and on many owners heavily because you want to be accessible to the people that you mean so much to. Well, this is the thing and you have a relationship with these people and they've supported you through so much, especially during the last two years. And, you know, I had a great example as we had a customer come in the other day and she said, oh, we've had to buy a coffee machine for home because, um, you know, we we like to have an afternoon coffee, but we can't afford to keep coming back here to get our second coffee from here um, in the afternoon. So we've bought a machine and we're still going to come in in the morning and get our morning coffee, but we're going to stay home and have our afternoon coffee on the machine just to save a bit of money. Um, you know, and this is not something that, you know, was washed. We didn't wash over it. You know, both my sister and I were both owners. We, you know, we both sort of, after she left and she told us, I, I sort of looked at her and I was like, gosh, this is what's happening now. Like, you know, we're so grateful that they have taken us into consideration and that <laughs> they want to keep coming to us to get their morning coffee, but they're not able to afford that second one in the afternoon. So they're going internal, buying a machine, you're getting a return on that investment eventually. But that's that's just how it is now. People still want to support you. Um, and they're still trying to find ways to do that. So you're trying to find a way to meet them in the middle as the owner. Um, and it's it's a, it's a real balancing act. Like it's really genuinely a balancing act. Yeah, that really hits hard, that story. That's really, 
yeah I mean and the fact that they told you about it like that's so beautiful I've got tears in my eyes like that's really yeah so they obviously talked and thought a lot about that decision yeah they did they're such good we have you know like that like I said this is the great thing about being in a cafe and I'm sure anyone else that's listening that owns a cafe can understand what I'm com- where I'm coming from here but you you know you build up such a beautiful relationship with your locals because you see them every day so um, you know you don't it, it's not just for some of them it's just hi here's your coffee it's ready thanks see you bye but um, you know we're pretty chatty as you can tell so <laughs> we like to have a chat and you know we do like to build a relationship with these these beautiful people that have supported us so much and they give us their hard-earned money um, and we don't take that lightly. That's not that's not something that we brush off and go, ha thanks a lot. You know, we're, we we really appreciate it and we're really grateful for it and we are we're aware um, that there is a certain quality and expectation that needs to be met every single time. Um, so yeah, like when you when they come to you and they tell you that, you know, we still want to support you. We'll still come in in the morning, but we just won't be coming in in the afternoon. It hurts because they don't want to do it and we don't want them to do it, but. That's the only choice that everybody has right now. So it's just how it is. Do you have any hacks or strategies or whether it's a menu item or something that you've been able to tweak that means, you know, the quality of the dish um, is where you want it, you, no one's lost any hours, you know, uh, it's not more work for you? Like is there any sort of little genius tricks you've come up with? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. I wish I, God, I wish I had an answer for that. Actually, no. We, we um, so we have gone very much in-house for a lot of the stuff that we make. So one of the, it's not a genius hack, but one of the things that we have decided to do um, outside of our gluten-free products because gluten-free is a whole other you know, range of things that needs to be done prepared in a special kitchen and all that kind of stuff. So outside of our gluten-free baked goods and our sourdoughs and brioches, we make everything that's baked in-house now. Um, We found that the cost of buying things in versus us making them ourselves is just, it's huge. Um, So we now find the time in between orders, in between service, in between prep, um, to start doing all our baking in-house. So we make all our muffins, all our biscuits, all our cakes, everything that you eat that's not gluten-free or isn't a slice of bread or a bread bun has been made by us. And that's just been one of the things that we've, we've bought internally to be able to cover those little bit, you know, that little bit of extra hours for the team, you know, the you know, we have some team who are really struggling to find places to live because of the rental market at the moment. So they're paying an arm and a leg for rent. So we're trying to throw them an extra couple of shifts. And the only way we can afford to do any of that is to cut our costs by cutting some of our suppliers, which we hate because we want to support our suppliers. Um, But on the other hand, you know, we have to keep the business going. So that's been our, I don't want to say hack, but that's been the compromise that we've had to make. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, And again, you can just see from what you're saying, like how interconnected we all are. There's such complex machines that yeah to you know yeah you don't want to some someone that makes the cookies like they might be yeah I mean 
you, you hear about people who are doing that, they're doing it from home in between the kids, picking up the kids and all that sort of stuff, like that's someone else's small business. Uh, but then it's great for your staff to have those extra hours and to also get the experience in making that stuff. And then I love it as a customer when, you know, um, goods are baked in-house. So I guess there's that um, point of difference there that I'm sure your customers really appreciate. But, yeah, it's, again, it's, um, it's adding something to your list of things to keep on top of in terms of purchasing and and um yeah staying staying focused on and i guess that um menu development as well like that creativity uh so it's a lot it's a lot and i think (laughs) menu development is a big thing of it like we really try and focus on um you know i'm i mean i'm i i grew up in a very ethnic household where you know, mum would go to three supermarkets before she bought something because she wanted to make sure that she got the best price. So, you know, and it it's all about being very aware of the money that you're spending and where you're spending it. So that's that whole idea of running a business has stayed with me. Um, so when I'm shopping for the cafe, I'm very much shopping seasonal, um, going straight to the suppliers, I'm going straight to the producers, I'm going straight to the growers. We don't do anything, which is we try and minimise the middleman as much as we can. Um, you know, I buy my mushrooms straight from the mushroom farm. I, go, I drive up there, <laughs> I pick the box, <laughs> you know, we, we bring it back to the cafe. Um, so all these little things that help us um, save a little bit of money here and there, they're the things that we're, we're really trying to do. So, um, you know, if it means speaking to the fruit and veg guy um, and sort of saying to my, my fruit and veg guy, like, what's in season? What's, what's there in excess of? What are they trying to get rid of at the markets when you go? And he'll be like, this is what's, this is what's the cheapest at the moment. This is what's happening. And he's great because he keeps me on top of all the things. And then you just make something delicious and you make it work. But it's work, you know, it's a lot of work. Those conversations take time, the researching, the resourcing, finding out who's got what, where to get it from, where to, then you have to go get, like all of that stuff factors into it. But it's what keeps our costs down and it allows us to continue to employ our team and continue to support the people who we do have to buy things from because we can't do everything ourselves um, and also hopefully keep our prices at a reasonable amount for people to be able to come back in every day. So, um, yeah, it's like you said, it's a complex machine. We're all interconnected and it's all very entwined. So I don't like to bring people into the whole running of a business thing because it's just not very glamorous. <laughs> it's not glamorous but it's important and I feel like people perhaps don't need to understand, you know, every machination, every little tweak that you're, every little lever that you're pulling. But I think just to have a sense of the complexity um, does give people a bit more empathy for why prices might go up or, you know, why even though they can buy a packet of bacon for X at the shops, um, it doesn't translate into a a cheap bacon and egg roll. So, uh, yeah, Rose, look, it's really um, important to get your perspective on this. Uh, you know, the, a cafe owner, a, a small business owner, opera- owner operator, I think it's super important. I really appreciate your perspective today. Um, thank you for being part of this conversation. No, thank you for having the conversation. I think it's so great that we're shedding some light on it and I really appreciate that you've taken the time to have a chat because it's nice to be able to share a bit of what goes on and how much care and effort and love we put into everything and none of it is done lightly and none of it is done with, um, you know, flippancy. It's all done with a lot of thought and consideration. So, yeah, it's really good to be able to share that with people. Yeah, I can absolutely hear that. So thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. (laughs) This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. 
We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.